This is The Art of Being You, and I'm Rachel Wortman. This podcast brings you inspiration, insights, and practical tools to help you become more like Jesus. Get ready to embrace who God has created you to be. I've got a great episode in store for you today, so without further ado, here is The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to the art of being you. I still have this kind of raspy voice, and I'm sorry for that. But did you catch last week's episode? It was such a big monumental moment for us to unveil sort of this next phase for my life anyway in my ministry. I'm so excited about it. We are getting ready to launch a coaching program called Kingdom Purpose Coaching. And I didn't share last week about why it's called Kingdom Purpose. And the reality is that your life exists in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Your life, when you say yes to Jesus and you give your life to him, you are now united with him and you are seated with him in heavenly places. That means that the kingdom of heaven is your home just as much as your earthly feet are standing on this ground, right? And so um, the idea behind kingdom coaching and kingdom purpose coaching is really that we begin to have our awareness of um, how we are pursuing things the way that God wants them pursued, right? The way that he designed them to be. So there is so much self-help information out there on you know, how to better yourself and how to order your life and all of this stuff. And, you know, it's okay. It's good. Like some of it's really good, but if it doesn't have Jesus at the center of it, it's just not going to last. I was in a a real estate conference a couple of weeks ago and I'd never been to a conference before that was not centered around Jesus. I've been to tons of conferences, but they're always ministry related. And it was the weirdest thing to me to be sitting in a room full of people who were all learning from somebody else who some of them very adamantly like did not know Jesus. And it was very evident in their life. And I was thinking to myself, I mean, this information sounds good, but it, it, it pales in comparison to the goodness of God and his infinite wisdom. And so when we talk about coaching, what we are talking about, what Grant and I are talking about is coaching with a kingdom perspective, that it all begins in Jesus. It is all about Jesus and it's all going to end in him someday because he is the alpha and the omega. So if you haven't already listened to that episode, I don't want to belabor everything I said last week. So go back and listen to it. Please do me that favor. Um, and then if you're interested in signing up for our coaching program, you can do that on my website, www.rachelwartman.com. And you just click that link right at the top that says join the wait list because uh, official enrollment will open on December 26th and uh, it'll close July, uh, ooh, July, goodness, no, January 11th, 2023. All right, let's dive into today's topic because we're going to be talking about the father, one of my favorite topics, God the Father. You guys, my life, I'm going to cry thinking about this and saying this out loud right now. My life has never been the same from when I met the Father. And you might say, well, what do you mean by that, Rachel? I knew Jesus for quite some time, but when I met the Father, full stop, exclamation point, I was undone. There is no one on the face of the earth or in the heavens above or underneath the earth that has even a shadow of a comparison to the greatness and the goodness of Father God. Like he is everything. I think that's why he says, I am 
period. Whatever you need, whatever is good, I am it. I was talking to one of my kids the other day, my son, Jack, and uh, we were talking about who God is and, and we were talking about how God does not have power. God is power. If someone has power, that power can be taken away, right? If you have it, then there's a chance that you might not have it. But for God, he is power, so he can never not be powerful. For God, he is love. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. God doesn't just have love. He is love. He cannot be separated from his love. It is who he is. You need to hear me say this. God is a good dad to you. I remember being in my early 20s and there was a, a, a leader in my um, youth group that I was also leading in. And she's a wonderful person. They're, her and her husband are pastors now in Indiana. And she would, ta- she would call God dad. Sometimes she'd call him Abba. Sometimes she would call him daddy. And I just thought that was just about the darndest, weirdest thing I had ever heard in my life. What are you saying? You call God dad. That is so informal. See, I grew up in a home that was half Jewish, half, you know, really Baptist. And uh, I remember my dad, one of our our prerequisites to growing up was that we had to watch a couple of key movies. You know, that was part of his parenting style. And so I do that with my kids. I pick mostly comedies from the 90s. But my dad had picked movies like Fiddler on the Roof and Yentl, if you've never seen it, like props to Barbara Streisand and um, some other movies like that, like Painter Wagon. If you've ever heard of Painter Wagon or watched it, please DM me right now on social media. I need to know. Um, But there's this scene in Yentl where Barbara Streisand plays this girl who wants wants to learn and because she's not a boy she can't and so she pretends to be a boy and she goes through the Torah school and all this stuff and I just remember this one scene so distinctively that the the Torah falls off of the bookshelf onto the ground and it is a big 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 deal in the movie and in Jewish culture as well and so they pick it up and they kissed the book before they put it back on the shelf and I don't know why but this scene was so marking to me this sort of idea that Yahweh that you couldn't even write the initials of Yahweh's excuse me the not the initials the the vowels what am I like on wheel of fortune right now um you couldn't even write the vowels of Yahweh's name back in Jewish culture because that was seen as disrespectful so you could never really say his real name the way that he had pronounced it himself and although that's probably true in the heavens um because you know the bible tells us that Jesus was given a name that no Nobody knows, right? It can't be tarnished. Nobody can use it in a bad way because we'll find out in the end when he's truly glorified. But here I, I grew up with this understanding that the father, that Yahweh, that God was this super reverent, maybe potentially slightly irritable force that was hard to please, really, really hard to please, that no matter what I would do, I would not be able to please this, this God. That's what I thought. And I loved God because I loved Jesus and I loved God for sending Jesus, but I did not understand God. I went through a journey in my 20s of learning about the father heart of God. And like I said to you at the beginning of this, I became undone. I get it now. God is my dad. I know it sounds crazy, but like I love him as my father. I love him as his daughter. He loves me. I received that place in him. It is so amazing for you and I to understand the father. We have to work through a lot of preconceived ideas to truly see him as who he is. 
there's this really interesting scripture. I wasn't planning on saying this, so I didn't look up the address of it in the Bible, but um, there's a, when Jesus was being baptized, there's this obscure account of it where it says when God's voice came out and said, um, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, that there were some listening on the banks of the river that everybody in that vicinity could hear the audible voice coming out of the sky, but not everybody could hear what he was saying. Some heard it like it sounded like thunder. It sounded scary to them. It didn't sound like the father blessing his son. Now, I get an understanding a little bit of what this is like. So I have a five-year-old. She's about to be six. And we were going to watch the marching band perform earlier this fall. And we're not football fans. We don't really ever go to football games. Might have it on the TV occasionally, but we'll certainly probably never go to one. And uh, and so we don't, you know, my kid has not been around an announcer in a stadium very often, right? And so we had parked a ways away from this football stadium and the football game was still going on. We were going for the halftime. And as we're coming through the parking lot, you can hear the announcer telling plays, right? He's talking in the, in the speaker. And my five-year-old daughter must have thought an alien was invading the earth. It was the weirdest moment to her. She just started shouting, what is that? Whose voice is that? Who's talking to me right now? <laughs> and I, it took me a good minute to realize what is going on with you. And then I realized she doesn't know what an announcer is. She doesn't know what it sounds like when an announcer is speaking in a football stadium, this was the first time at almost six years old that she was hearing that. And to her, it was a voice from heaven might as well have been God. And I had this moment of standing in this parking lot of remembering this scripture where Jesus is baptized and people heard out of the sky, this audible voice. And it sounded different to them. And I believe the reason why it sounded different, this is my opinion, this is my interpretation, this is not theology. The reason why it sounded different to different people had to do with how they felt about God. Because our perception of who God is becomes a filter for how we hear him. Our perception of what we think about God. So for example, if we think God is hard to please, then we will always hear him with this air of indignation in his tone. If we feel like God is disappointed in us, then all of his love will feel transactional, right? Like I will love you more if. I would love you more when you stop doing this. What we have to understand is that God the Father loves you as you are. And what he did with Jesus, the reason why Jesus was the lamb that was selected to be slain before the earth was even created, what does that tell us? That tells us God knew somebody, it might not have been Adam and Eve, but somebody was going to eat from that tree. And when that happened, he loved the idea of mankind so much that he put fail safes into play. I say all the time, God only has a plan A, but this one instance, he had a plan B, right? Or maybe it was A all along. If you've read my newest book, Goodness Culture, we kind of explore this concept a little bit. But here's what's so amazing. God gave you the opportunity to have Jesus Christ inside of you so that he can look at you and love you in the way that he loves his own son. And so that from within you, you can be compelled to love God and serve God the way that Jesus loves his father and wants to serve his father. It is like God did the heavy lifting for you. And I want to say to you, and this is bold, but I believe it. 
that anything inside of you that feels like God is disappointed in you, that God is angry at you, that God is mad at you, that is dripping in the goo of the kingdom of darkness. In fact, it's probably just a bold-faced lie from the pit of hell. Now, it is true. God asks things of us from times, from time to time. And the more that we grow in our discipleship journey with him, there are times where God will, you know, he's not always like excited about the choices that we make, right? It would be foolish to assume that our actions don't have consequences and that God doesn't have feelings about it. Like he does. I'll have moments where I know that the Lord is going, look, I asked you to do this and you haven't done it yet. So is he disappointed in me to maybe a small degree? But he's maybe disappointed in my action and where I'm not trusting him. He's not disappointed in who I am. Does that make sense? We have to learn to distinguish the two. See, for me, I want to partner with God. That's my constant prayer. I want, I'm signing up, Jesus. Show me where to sign. And, and, you know, I'm enlisting in whatever division you want me to serve in. I, I tell the Lord all the time, make me a coin in your pocket. You can spend me any way you want. And unfortunately, he often spends me in ways I don't want, right? So I get to be broken time and time and time again. And it's good for me. It's fine. Um, but the reality is that's my heart's cry, right? So I want that. And when I invite the Lord into my life in that way, I can expect him to be a good dad to me sometimes and to point out where in my life is I'm acting in a way that's not conducive to the partnership that I'm asking for in my prayers. That's an entirely different scenario than believing that God is disappointed in you because you just can't get it right. Let me tell you the truth. You can't and you never will. And that's why Jesus came. And so stop asking of something of yourself that's too much for you to even give and let Jesus be it for you. Let him be it for you. Lose yourself in the vastness of his unending grace because there's nothing like it on the earth. When I got to know the father, I just began to realize that everything begins and ends in him. You know, I don't know why somehow I just kind of developed this belief that once Jesus became, you know, resurrected, once he was resurrected, that the father kind of took a back seat. Guys, that's not true. In fact, Jesus says that no one can come to the father except through me. So Jesus is the doorway. He is the entry point. And yes, he's more than the entry point. You know, we, I think we both know that. But Jesus is the entry point and the father is sitting at the kitchen table and you got to go through the house to get to the father. And that is where he wants you to be. That's his invitation to you. Not that you would stand outside and look and marvel and just kind of wonder about who he is, but never really get to know him. No, no, no. God, our father wants you sitting across from him in his big old chair while he tells you stories. Sometimes I can feel him. It's going to sound weird, guys, but sometimes I, I, I can almost feel him stroking my hair like a loving dad. God is so kind. You know, he tells us in Hebrews that we can boldly approach the throne of grace with confidence. How many of us actually do? And why not? So many of us are walking around thinking that if we boldly go in that room, we're going to be met with an angry dad who's just like, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. I'm busy. And what does God say? He says the opposite. He says, come, come to me. Boldly come into my throne room where I'm doing king stuff. Just walk right in and let me know what you want. I'll be on my throne of mercy. Did you catch that? Yes, there is a throne of judgment, but we're not called to boldly go before that throne. Thank you, Jesus. 
when we get to the throne of judgment, when the life, when our life is over, Jesus will be there too. And I'm very looking much forward to that (laughs) and the grace of God. But we are called to go before his throne of mercy. And that tells us that God is first and foremost merciful towards you. He's understanding. He's kind. He's compassionate. I could not love the father more, I don't think. And I have these moments where I get to see what it's like to live without the father, right? People that I interact with, moments where I'm interacting with people who are maybe um, struggling with demonic strongholds. And so, you know, you're not talking to the person you're talking to, to their wounding, you know? And in those moments, it's like the, the juxtaposition of who God is as a dad is just so clear. We are so safe with the father. We are so safe with him. Did you know that Jesus said, how should we pray? We should start by asking the father, ask him. Do you think that a God who didn't care about you and was bored by your existence and thought that you were just a screw up would give you the invitation to ask something of him? No, a dad like that would draw a lot of boundaries. They wouldn't answer the phone. They wouldn't even want you to call. But our dad, our God, he's like, here's my direct number. Anytime you want, anytime you call me, anytime I'll be right there. I am omniscient. I am omnipresent. I'm everywhere at all times. So I'm never busy for you. Never too busy. Do you know God like this? Do you know him as a father in this way? See, a lot of us are very familiar with the part of God that disciplines the ones he loves, right? God does. He disciplines the ones that he loves. And sometimes we can maybe um, assume that God is being a little heavy handed in his discipline. But you know what I've found? That however I approach the Lord is a filter. Like when I think that God is disappointed in me, like I said earlier, then I, I kind of hear that in his voice. And I know that the Lord is good enough. He is powerful enough to correct me. If I'm think, if I'm leaning on his mercy too much, he will correct me. And he has. But there's something so profound when we begin to say, God, I want to see you as you are, right? This was the cry of Moses' heart. Let me pass. Let me let you pass before me so I can see your goodness. And God's like, you can see the backside of me. Now, there's a lot in that scripture that's just, it's a lot, a lot of confusion for me, right? It's very comical. He's like, if you saw the front of me, it would be too much for you. I am so good. It would fry your brain. But now that we are in Jesus, it's a little bit different, right? Because we have this ability to comprehend God in a way that Moses didn't. Moses got to interact with God sort of face to face, essentially. I mean, not exactly, but close enough. And, and he had this awareness of who God was because of his unique experience. But all of us get to have Jesus on the inside of us interpreting who God is. We have the Holy Spirit helping us to understand who God the Father is. And so my challenge to you is do you know him as a father? Do you know him as a good dad, as a kind dad? I remember about six or seven years ago, I... Um, I love this idea. I guess before I tell you the story, let me say that I love this idea that we are constantly learning new sides to God, right? That we are constantly getting to experience something new of him. So if you've been around my teachings before, you've heard me say this question, you know, God, who are you being to me today that you couldn't be 
if, and you fill in the blank. So for my life right now, it'd be like, God, who, who are you being to me today? Um, because I'm not where I want to be with my coaching group yet, right? It hasn't started yet. It's not, it's not actualized yet. And so, um, you know, who are you being to me today that you couldn't be in three months when it is up and running and hopefully it's going super well and everybody's, you know, really growing in their faith. Who are you being to me today? And I get to learn a side of God because I'm paying attention. It's so powerful, right? And so when I began to, to start asking this question, I remember hearing the Lord say to me, I'm a promise keeper. And all these years ago, I, I'm going to be completely candid with you. We're going to go over a few minutes on time, but I think it's worth it. I remember saying to the Lord, I don't know you as a promise keeper. I know you as a promise giver. You've given me a lot of promises, right? You've promised this, you've promised this. And I listed out five or six of them. And I said, but I can't think of one that you've fulfilled yet. Now, obviously, you know, I'm talking about earlier in my life, of course, but like at that point, all these open-ended things you've asked me to believe for, and I, I don't see you fulfilling them. And I wasn't telling the Lord like, oh, you jerk, you never do anything for me. Cause that obviously is not true. I was just telling the Lord as an invitation, I would love to dis- to like experience you as a promise keeper. I want to see that side of you. I want I know you're a promise giver and I I'm trying really hard to be faithful to believe, right? But I want to see what it's like to watch you come through. And you guys, if you've been struggling with the Lord this year, heck, if you've been struggling with the Lord this week, this is a prayer that you should pray. God, would you show me how you are a promise keeper? Because over the course of the year, now it wasn't overnight, but over the course of the year, God began to answer prayers. He began to show up. And there was these moments where I was like, this is what I've been believing for. And here you're doing it. And I just felt like the Lord would kind of give me this picture, like a big bullet point list, you know, and him just writing a check mark one after one. It was so sweet. And I loved every moment of it. And I got to experience who God is as a promise keeper so that I can say to you with full confidence that my God keeps his promises. Yes. Some of them are still withstanding, right? Some of them are still outstanding, but I know that he does keep his promises. What do you need from the father today? What do you, how do you need to experience him? What do you need from him? And have you told him, Have you boldly approached his throne of grace, his throne of mercy, and said, God, I need to experience you in your kindness. Lord, I I don't know if I know your kindness. I feel like I know your discipline, but I don't know if I know your kindness. Would you show me your kindness? Or maybe for you, it's, God, I, I don't know if I've experienced your glory. Would you show me your glory like Moses prayed? Would you let your goodness just overwhelm me? Maybe it's the promise keeper prayer. Maybe it's, I I don't know. But do you know what you need to experience from the Lord? And have you asked him? Because I'm telling you today, our God, our father, he is the best there is. And so Lord, right now, I'm asking Jesus that you would reveal the father to us, that you would reveal his true nature and his goodness and his greatness and his glory and his humor to us, that we would have a glimpse of knowing him in whatever capacity that we can handle knowing him today. Jesus, would you reveal the father, which we know you love to do and father, we want to experience you again today in Jesus name. 
Amen. Until next time, be blessed. You've just listened to another episode of The Art of Being You. My goal is to empower you to embrace the goodness of God over your life and step into that abundant life that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And did I mention that I'd love to connect with you? Find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rachel Wartman and on TikTok at The Rachel Wartman. You can find more resources, including my books and other teachings at rachelwartman.com.